0: Hello, welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. Today, we have the second part of our interview with Dr. Tanasia Crocker. During this part of the interview, we definitely get a little goofy when we realize that the veterinary community is a little smaller than one thinks. And we also take a really deep dive into mentorship and what that can look like for both sides of the coin, mentors and mentees. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. It's no secret that the veterinary profession is made up of thousands of amazing women. In fact, we're more than 60% of the current workforce, but it's also apparent that we've been struggling to stay happy and fulfilled. Well, join us, the DVM Divas, as we take this profession back from discontent. Listen as we explore the concepts that motivate us. Community. Making positive changes growth, compassion, and courage. Laugh with us, cry with us, celebrate with us as we define what it means to be a badass woman in veterinary medicine. So I know we kind of skipped around a little bit and I do want to make sure to definitely talk to you about mentorship, but before we go to how you're mentoring others online, let's rewind just a little and go back to your equine internship with my uncle and his wife out in California at West Coast Equine No, we both know my uncle. He's a wonderful man. Yeah. Very dry sense of humor. Yes. And I, from just from visiting with you so far, I know that you're very bubbly and outgoing and I love it. And I know how I used to annoy him as a child. I just, I just, I want to hear some stories. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: What can I say and not say? No. Okay. So, you're, so your uncle and aunt are married and let's just like mm-hmm. give everyone the rundown. So they own West Coast Equine in Somas, California, and it's amazing. It's a beautiful facility and they do ambulatory work and also like girl. She is an internal medicine specialist and he is an equine surgeon. So it is like the perfect marriage for them <laughs> to have this amazing practice. Yes. And I heard about them and I interviewed with them at EP and I was actually one of the first sets of interns they ever had, so it was a little bit of a learning experience for all of us yes. because we weren't real sure, you know, how it was going to work. But I love the fact that they were married, and I was married, and I felt like my husband would be, you know, welcomed, and they were supportive of a relationship, and so that was correct. He came up to the practice and. You know he helped us in surgery some, and it was really really fun. But they are a trip. I mean, she is definitely extroverted. He is introverted. Yes. Uh, he's <laughs> extremely dry. He introduced me to Charles Jr. I don't know if you know that he's like obsessed. And we used to get the little. um, We used to get like this Western bacon cheeseburger, which was like two patties and loaded with horribleness. But we worked so much, we never gained weight. And. I would talk his ear off and he would just look at me with this look of annoyance, but then he would crack a joke and I would be like, okay, he does kind of like me. It's okay. And <laughs> but no, it was, it was amazing. It was a great experience and it was what I thought it was going to be. And so, you know, internships are hard and I worked a lot and I was 30 minutes from the beach and I saw it twice in a year. Yeah. But I got exactly what I wanted, which was hands-on experience from people who were really badasses at what they did. And I was mentored and watched closely for the first half. And then we did calls by ourselves the second half, which was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. And they were always there and available, but you really had that ability to like be the doctor before you were like by yourself. And so I, it really was a year that was pretty life-changing and I think set me up for a lot of success in my career, even though I don't do equine anymore. And so that is like the smallest world ever. Don't you think? It's so crazy. Yes, I know. It was, well, it was super funny
0: because I remember like one of your Instagram pictures was in front of their sign and I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like she must have visited like, yeah, no big deal. And then I don't know, a couple months later, like a picture popped up again. And I was like, why is my uncle in that surgery photo with that girl? I mean, I didn't call you that girl, but like, you know what I mean? It's like,
1: yeah, what is happening?
0: Okay. Like, why are you taking pictures with my uncle?
1: Trying to catch him on camera. I'd be like, Dr. Sullivan, I'm going to take a picture. And he would like start inching out of it. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I meant you in the picture and he wouldn't smile. And he- Yes. I mean, it was very... <laughs> With that kind of mentorship, and then I'm assuming your
0: jump from equine to small animal, you probably had some big mentors in your life then as well.
1: Yes, I had a couple. One, the man who actually hired me for like my first small animal relief job, Dr. Epperson, that's actually where I work now, full time. And so I started doing relief and then I did part time and then eventually became full time there. But he, i been practicing for over 20 years and he taught me so much about the business side of things. He taught me that your clients may get angry because you can't be there for something once, but your family will remember it forever. He taught me to prioritize time with my spouse, especially he taught me that it's okay to charge appropriately for what you do and that you are worth it, which I think a lot of vets feel bad. If they do that, uh, I have students tell me, you know, I really want to make decent money, like, but I'm not in it for the money. And I am like, there is nothing wrong with being really good at what you do and making good money. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no other career where people say you you shouldn't be allowed to make money. You should only do this out of the goodness of your heart is extremely frustrating. So we need to change that mentality. Mm -hmm. Sorry. That was a mini rant. Keep it up. He showed me that and he, I tell people, we have a lunch and we actually get to do it. We leave on time and we don't take walk-ins and it blows people's minds. And basically he said, I've trained my clients. I've trained my clients. I won't be over there, there over lunch. I've trained them to call before Mm -hmm. they come. We do fit in sick pets. We fit in drop-offs like we but you call, you talk to us first. And you don't just walk in and demand to be seen right away. And so the concept of training your clients is something that I think a lot of vets are scared of also, Mm -hmm. but it is very doable. And I think it's really important for quality of life. Well, It's so worth it. I mean, it's worth the pain of training them. Yes. And he has said, I mean, there's been clients who were unhappy about something one way or the other. And he said, that's fine. I don't, Think this is the right practice for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is not afraid to lose a client who doesn't fit into our culture. And I think that is admirable. And it's been very successful for him. Mm -hmm. So you can be successful and do all those things. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. So he's probably like my main small animal mentor. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had a mentor in vet school, Dr. Noah Cohen, who he's the one who set me up with the internship and said, you should go do this. And I'm like, I would be the first intern. He's like, you got this. Like, this is, this is right for you. And he was right. And then when I was struggling with leaving a large animal to go to small, he just looked at me and said, you did it. You were good at it. And I'm proud of you, no matter what you're doing. I know it makes me like tear up thinking about it, but he really, I guess kind of release me from the fact that I felt like I had to work this 60, 80 hour job to prove mm-hmm. that I was a good veterinarian. And so, you know, mentors don't always just give you career advice. Sometimes they're just there to say, you can do this, or I believe in you, or I'm proud of you, or I care about you. And I think that is a good mentor. Right. It's not always the person who's going to like help you with your career decisions. It's really the person who cares about you. And where you're at and is there for you. Right. Sorry, tangent again. <laughs> no, this is wonderful. And I agree. And I think maybe just
0: another way to say the same thing is they're there for you no matter what you choose. You know, they're just yes. all they want is for you to be happy. Yes. And healthy and fulfilled. That's it, no matter what it looks like. And those are, I think, the most valuable.
1: Yeah. So many people feel like as a mentor, you have to have all the answers and you have to, you know, be able to tell them exactly what to do and and how to handle every situation. And it's not that it's asking the right questions to allow the young veterinarian or the young student to work through stuff on their own or to feel empowered to make the right decision for themselves. Right. But it's really not having all the answers. That's not what it is at all.
0: I feel like most of the time I just listen. Yes. And they get there on their own. What has
1: driven you to become
0: so passionate about mentoring our current current vets and the upcomings, like what made you want to do that? I know we talked about a little bit, but like what really was like, I'm doing this. Like, was it because you had
1: such good mentorship before or was you just saw the need or I don't know, what is it? It was a combination of those things. I made a post on the Facebook moms group and it was talking about mentorship. And I got over 200 replies, a veterinarian saying, I want to be a mentor or sign me up or, Hey, students can come hang out with me. And then I had all these students, you know, saying we want mentors. And they, a lot of them have a program through school where they have a professor or somebody, mm-hmm. but I really think one of the problems that we have in this profession is students are in school. They learn from professors who are in academia. Yeah. They then go and do externships with practices that are maybe more white tower or specialty type practices. And then they get into real practice and they are surprised. They don't have as many buffers and, and the reality of that med kind of, you know, knocks them back a little bit. And so I think if you know what to expect going into it and you can, again, train yourself in being mindful and, you know, strengthening some of your communication and and all those things that we deal with daily as regular practicing veterinarians, I think it will make you more successful as a young student. So to do that, you need practicing veterinarians out in the real world, talking to real students. And I have students who want it. And then I have vets saying, I will do it, but there's not a great way to connect them. And I think social media can do that to an extent. I wrote an article about being a pocket mentor, where that basically means you don't actually have to meet with students in person, you mm-hmm. can be available online or by phone. Right. And that also is helpful to some of these students. So there's a lot of ways to connect. It's just people aren't doing it. And I think there's a desire and there's a need, but people aren't doing it. And so I have big things I'm working on to try to connect them more. But it just takes time and it's not easy, especially when you're dealing with universities and students and, and all that fun stuff.
0: Because they move at a snail's pace.
1: Snail's pace. Love university, Uh, but I mean, I have a plan and I was told, okay, like maybe in a year or two. And I'm like, "Ah, I'm dying slowly inside. I'm like, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Like, we got to do this. I can tell. (laughs) I'm going to keep pushing, but patience is not my strong (laughs) suit. That's okay, though. I think that's sometimes like
0: the only way things get done. Yes. Because you just have to do them, even if it's not perfect. That's a good lesson. Yes. Write that one down. I do. It's (laughs) on my mirror. It's fine. (laughs) So can you share, I guess, some good tips or tricks that you've got? I know you mentioned it a little bit like pocket mentor, but how can we as practicing veterinarians be good mentors to others? I guess we did already talk about that a little bit, but do you have any extra tips?
1: My main tip is they have to put themselves out there Mm -hmm. and that's scary. It's scary because you might not have like the biggest Instagram account and you might not have like as many followers as someone else and it might take time. And, but I told myself in the beginning, if I get one or two comments a week of a student saying, thanks for that, or that was helpful, or even asking me something about a case I put up, I am doing something worthwhile. And so you just have to know that the feedback might always not be exactly what you want, but you just have to keep pushing forward. So putting yourself out there and you will be amazed by how many people you will connect with. I have a lot of externs coming and my boss keeps asking me, Oh, well, how'd they find that? I'm like Instagram. Oh, well, how'd they, I'm like email my website. Like no one is visiting us just because they know about us because of local connections. It's literally online. So if you put yourself out there, you will find people to connect with.
0: For the veterinarians or the students or up and comings that are looking for a mentor, do you have any tips for them on how to be a good mentee?
1: So I tell students, it is a lot like dating and you have to maybe meet a couple different people and maybe it's not, you're going into it saying, I want this to be my mentor. It's connecting with different veterinarians. And then if the personalities work, then I think it turns into more so it's not always a, you go and say to somebody, will you be my mentor? I think it's, it needs to be a little more organic than that. Right. And so really it's networking, right? It's networking, it's meeting vets, putting yourself out there, it's connecting. And that evolves into a relationship that could be a mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, I've met a lot of students, but there's definitely a handful I've really connected with. I think it's the mm-hmm. same way. And those students... And I, I think have that sort of relationship, Mm -hmm. but that's probably the, the biggest thing is networking and letting it organically occur. Yes.
0: Um,
1: In vet school, I did research. I mean, I did drug testing at horse shows. Like I did all these things and I met all these amazing veterinarians and that's how I got my mentors.
0: I had heard not necessarily from the veterinary community, but from a different podcast that You know, if you're looking for a good mentor, or somebody to kind of let you shadow them, like you have to add value to their life too. And I know I have a lot of students that are like, I don't know how to add value to your life. Like I'm a kid, I'm a student, I don't know anything. And I was like, are you kidding me? You're learning at school. Like all of this crap is fresh in your brain. When I'm sitting in surgery and can't remember some artery name, you could rattle it off for me. Like,
1: come on. See, I just tell them to make sure to bring me a Starbucks and that's adding value to my life. So, (laughs) Coffee
0: and childcare. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
1: Can you babysit while your ex turning? Okay, we have a deal. You're in. (laughs) You want to stay for a month? No, but I, I agree. You can't just say, I want you to be my mentor and I have all these questions for you. Right. I mean, it needs to be more than that. But I do think, like you said, just connecting and talking is is a lot. I think I tell vets that all the time. If you have students around, it really is going to remind you why you went into this profession and it's going to help encourage you.
0: Like I have high schoolers that come through and shadow it. I'm always like, I love having you here. I am super excited. But like you, you have to ask questions. Like you have to entertain me as much as I have to entertain you. Like Mm -hmm. give me something like let's have a conversation. Don't just sit there and ask me questions all day.
1: Yes. Or lean against the wall and not talk at all. Because that is even more. No, I I did a YouTube video that's like shadowing do's and don'ts. Yes. I'll have to link it. Yeah. I'm like, what to wear and how to act and what to do. And I mean, I think for some reason you have to say that to some people and maybe it'll help someone. Maybe it'll help your next high schooler.
0: I'm going to just start sending that like, oh, you want to shadow? Watch this. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll just put a little note at the bottom. Also, this is my favorite drink for... Yeah. (laughs) See who reads all the way to the bottom of the email.
1: There you go. There you go. (laughs) Okay, we digressed. Very far. This is why schools won't let us mentor.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Totally fine. I enjoy it. So was there anything else that you would like to talk about today or anything that we skipped? I'm glad you brought up the internship part and we went back.
1: I really feel like we covered a lot of the stuff I'm really excited about. I definitely want people to know that you can reach me through my website, www.drcrockerpetvet.com. And I am very active on Instagram, crocker. I have a Facebook page. Dr. Tanasia Crocker veterinarian and I also have a YouTube. And so the YouTube has a lot of fun videos that are kind of how to's and uh, things for the public more, which Mm -hmm. is good resources. And then everywhere else I'm on there a lot and you can connect with me about speaking or writing or all the fun things I'm passionate about. So just making sure they know how to reach me.
0: Yes. And that was, was one of our questions actually. So that was perfect. Where, if we've got people that are listening, where are you speaking? Where are you going live in person next? Cause I know you speak at vet schools quite a bit.
1: Yes. And that actually is something that's just kind of evolved the last year too. And it's so fun. So I am going to OSU in April or March, sorry, OSU in March and then Georgia in April. So I'm really excited about those. And then I have actually been Approached about doing some Skype slash webinar sessions for some of the like UK type schools. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'm really excited and putting together some uh, content for them, but I'm excited to connect with some of the overseas followers because there's a fair amount of them and I love love, love hearing about, you know, how they do things different and just everything. So I think that'll be fun.
0: I think through you, I found a couple of them and I'm like, Oh my gosh, these guys are amazing. And it's so much fun. One, I love their accents. Let's just be honest Mm -hmm. Two, just how it's a little bit different, but it's still the same. And last couple of questions. um, What is the impact that you want to have on the veterinary community?
1: Oh, well, I would say the biggest thing is if I can shift things a little bit more positive or make this career a little bit better for somebody then that is ultimately the goal
0: yeah.
1: along with that goes, educating the public on yes. who we are, what we do, why we do it um, and the reality of our lives. So that is my ultimate goal. And it's a really broad one but I think as long as that stays in my sights, I think everything I do will be focused to that. And then we normally round out. I was hoping we could get to this when Most of us still here, but we normally round out every
0: episode with like a mom hack or a clinic hack or a mom win, yes. a mom fail. So, do you? I hate like picking what people get to tell me, Um,
1: but do you have anything that you would like to share? Yes. So why don't I give you a couple and then you can decide which one you want to use. We might use all of them. Okay. So number one clinic hack, which I think is magical is the fear-free angry cat blood draw. Have you done this? No. There's a couple of videos out and you basically cover yourself in a towel and feel away. And these are cats you like can barely touch, right? Yes. And you wrap them up in the towel and you sit on the ground and you put your like knees up and the cat gets set on your knees. Like butt is kind of resting down below and yeah. the head is higher. Like the head is near your knees. Yes. Okay. And your knees are in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. The towel has the cat wrapped and the cat is trying to eat you. And yes. Yes. But for some reason you lay them on their back and they chill a little bit more. And then you have a really good tech kind of hold them on the facial crest and tilt the head up mm-hmm. and you drop blood oh. and you're going to be like, what? No, you're going to get eaten. I am telling you nine times out of 10, it works on angry cats. I will do it in the room in front of the owners. That jugular pops up so nicely in the position and you do it. And then the tech lets go and you just throw the cat back in the carrier and the owner's like, that's amazing. No one's ever been able to drop blood on them. So Look it up. Try this. <laughs> try it. You can try it on like not angry cats at first, you know. Yeah. And that then once sick. you get more comfortable with it, but I, it's it's been a game changer for sure. So awesome! All right, I'm gonna try this. I'll report back. We'll Check it out. Let it me works. know. We're <laughs> gonna be so nervous. Just make sure you have a good tech holding. That's the one thing. My kid. This is like a fail slash tip. So my kids are super accident prone because they're very independent, and we've had. A fair amount of injuries. So I learned to keep skin glue at home. I just have skin glue in the fridge. And we've had a couple like minor head, you know, clips and things where it would have gotten glued anyways. But instead of paying the emergency clinic, I do it. But it stings. So you have to let them be distracted with like a show and then you put a drop on there. And so keep skin glue at home. Yes. Yeah. My kids are, we're not mourning people. I don't know about you guys, but we wake up like 15 minutes before we leave the house. My kids do and like crawl out of bed and we, none of us talk in the morning. I mean, it's, it's like a zombie house, but I created this breakfast and it's called the waffle sandwich Oh, and cause we eat in the car. So I have to have something that's like, okay for the car and portable, you know? Yes. So I just take two frozen waffles I usually do the cinnamon one and I microwave them for 30 seconds. And then I slather jelly in between them and push them together and make a sandwich. And I give each kid one and they eat them on the way to school. And it's amazing.
0: That's a genius. I think that's like a, any stage of life running out the yes. door to work.
1: <laughs> and you could probably be healthier, like pick the healthier waffle, but you know, my kids like the cinnamon one with the jelly. So, but it's nice because it doesn't get super messy. And it gives them something like more substantial and yeah. waffle sandwich. Microwave, not toaster. That's it. <laughs> that is
0: awesome.
1: You did all the things. You had it all of them. I made some notes. I was trying to be a good, a good podcast guester. No, you were great. Good. We've talked about
0: all the things today. <laughs> I feel like got a little random in true Annie style. So I would just want to thank you so, so much. Um, we talked about mentorship. We talked about how to build an online brand. We talked about how to make a big shift in your veterinary career. On a side note, I too had a big shift in even though it was quite a few years ago, just getting to hear your story and how how you shared how you felt about it, it just made me feel a little bit more okay about my own. So thank you for that. You're welcome. It was just nice to hear and it's inspired me to get brave and share some Mm -hmm. some more of my stuff because hopefully, like you said, even if it helps one person feel more positive or enjoy their journey just a little bit more, then it's totally worth it. Yes. And thank you so, so much for spreading all of your positivity all over Instagram and everywhere you're at. It's just a really nice, refreshing voice to have uh, that positivity and that encouragement for all of us, no matter where we're at in our little vet med journey. But again, thank you so, so much for joining us. And thank you for sharing all of your wisdom, both here and online. And we can't wait to hear and see all the big things you've got up your sleeve. Because I know from,
1: from being a fellow doer, there's only big things coming and bigger things and bigger things. I appreciate the opportunity. It is fun to see three strong women veterinarians putting themselves out there. And I think it's gonna keep growing. And I am really honored that you asked me to do it. So thank you. Of course, we were talking about people and I was like, this chick put up with my uncle. We gotta (laughs) interview her. (laughs) She can hang. (laughs) She can totally hang. (laughs) But now I want a Carl's Jr. Western bacon cheeseburger. So I might have to go get one of those.
0: You're not kidding.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Want to know more about us? Then visit our website at dvmdivas.com
0: or find us on all of our social
1: media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn. Just look for at DVM Divas. We can also be reached by
0: email at admin at DVM dot com. Don't want to miss an episode? Be sure to subscribe. And while you're at it, rate, review and share. Your online love really does help. And tune in next week as we once again go beyond the stethoscope.